Welcome to Rooted and Reaching, a podcast from the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of Columbia in Columbia, Maryland, where we celebrate the beauty of our diversity. In our conversations here, we share stories of our journeys and explore ideas that challenge us in order to nurture the interdependent web of which we are all a part. We are rooted in faith, reaching for community. Hello, hello. I'm Sarah Davidson, Director of Communications and Member Integration, and I'm back for another chat with a member from our community. This week, I'm talking with UUCC member Mary Rogers about UUCC becoming a green sanctuary congregation. Listen in to hear about climate justice programming in our congregation, as well as more about the green sanctuary process and where we are now. We'll also learn more about why Mary feels personally invested in this work. Thank you, Mary, for being with me today. It's a pleasure to see your face and to chat with you about our green sanctuary status. So UUCC has started a process of becoming a green sanctuary congregation. Could you tell me what this means and what is a green sanctuary congregation? So, yes, I can tell you about that. And I'd really like to start by giving the background and sort of history of what has been going on right here at UUCC that led up to an interest in going in this direction. So back in back in 2018, uh, my husband, Phil Webster, and three others, Jim Caldera and Ned Tillman and Tim Latimer, they organized a, a UUCC service uh, in October of eight, 2018 that was called Five Feet High and Rising. And that was part of that was to try to raise awareness and interest in working on climate-related things within the congregation. Um, After that, in November of 2018, uh, we had a forum, and it was a a climate forum, trying to see if we could get anybody interested. And surprise, surprise, 56 people showed up, Um, much more than we were expecting, but we were really excited about it. Um, and we, we used that forum to brainstorm about a variety of different actions that we might be interested in taking. And we sort of organized a little bit after that into uh, teams that were, one was called advocacy, one was called action, one was called awareness, and one was called analysis. After that, uh, Phil and I uh, met with Paige and Anthony was with us at the time. Uh, We met with the two of them and said we had just retired and had decided that we really wanted to have climate, a climate focus in our uh, work that we were uh, pursuing after retirement. And uh, we we met with them to ask if they would support us and trying to work in that direction. And they were very positive. The, the thing that Paige was especially emphasizing to us and that we've tried to maintain throughout is to make sure that we include everyone, that, that everyone is, is feeling like they're part of whatever activities it is that we're trying to, to promote. So after that, in April of 2019, Paige and, and our, what we were at that point calling the Climate Action Team 
did a service called Remember the Earth, and that was around Earth Day. Um, we had our first climate meeting uh, in November of 2019, and we used that meeting to report back on all the different activities that have been going on over the year, and also to look at doing possible new projects. Um, our sort of our MO, the way that we had tried to make sure that we had good um, activities moving forward and that we had people involved was if if people were in anyone who expressed an interest in something and were interested enough to try to lead it mm -hmm. we, we would support it and I think that in general has worked pretty well in terms of making sure that things actually continue to move forward on the different projects so um, after that annual meeting we we requested a charter, a green sanctuary charter from the, the uh, uh, board. The idea behind the green, that request and the idea behind going for it is because we felt like we already had a whole lot of different activities that were going on. And we knew that there was this UUA national program uh, that was encouraging different um, congregations to go in a, in a climate direction. Why not get the official accreditation for already doing the activities anyway? Right. So that was, that was the thinking. And so we, we introduced the, we, we asked for the charter in December and the board uh, approved it in February of 2020, um, which was great. That was awesome. We did another service in March of 2020 that was called Climate Change as a Social Justice Issue. Um, one of the things that is, is uh, part of the Green Sanctuary um, requirements is um, having a strong um, climate justice or environmental justice program or you know, have, have some kind of plans around that focus around climate justice. We then also did a, a service in August of 2020 that was basically describing the Green Sanctuary pro Program to try to share uh, the whole idea and get more people understanding sort of what we were trying to do. You asked me specifically about the Green Sanctuary and, and I'm happy to talk about it. And it's important to know that there are um, three people that have been co-leading that effort. And that is um, Lindsay Thompson, Ann Smith-Reiser, and Ed Gaddy. Um, and, and they have been extremely interested in what we might do as far as the, the physical building that, that we're in. Um, and, and a lot of work has gone on around that. Um, then continuing a little bit with the history in in. Um, November of 2020, we had our second annual climate meeting and reported back on all the stuff we had been doing and selected new projects. In March of this year, um, we had a, um, a service by uh, Paige and our team that was focused on uh, clean water is just. And then we did a, a service in April of this year that was environmental justice, living our UU values. And uh, we had people involved with that um, that, that helped us um, provide opportunities with how we might connect locally around climate justice. So basically the, the climate team has, has hosted over 20 
climate forums that have been covering a lot of different climate topics. Um, some of those topics some and projects, that, I mean, they're, they're projects that have gone on uh, in several different categories, including women and girls, uh, plant-rich diet, renewable energy, uh, plastics, advocacy and legislation, the environmental justice green sanctuary, um, food waste, regenerative landscaping, and consumerism. Um, we've got we've had so much going on that when when we have been invited to go to other congregations that are going in this direction, they they already know about us. And they say, "Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, UUCC, they're on fire." <laughs> Mary, that's good to hear. It's sort of cool. <laughs> um, so, so anyway, that's a long-winded way of, of just providing a little yeah. bit of background uh, about how we got where we are. Uh, but to focus specifically on, on the green sanctuary part, um, as I mentioned, uh, Lindsay and Ann and Ed were the ones that were officially co-leading this group. And um, are involved in, in in preparing the proposal. Although it's going to basically it, the proposal will leverage work that we, the the climate group has been engaged with over the past three years, which is awesome. Yeah. The the actual process requires basically documenting assessment action plans and impacts that would show significantly increased participation for campaigns that meet three specific goals that, and these are goals that intersect. So one is mitigation, one is adaptation resilience, and one is justice. So those three areas. And a lot of the different projects and work that we've been doing you know, fall into those categories. The place where we are needing to expand and, and we'll be doing more work is around the justice one. So the next step in the process is that the proposed plan gets submitted to the UUA Green Sanctuary Review Team. They give feedback and they say, yeah, it looks like you're on the right path or maybe you need to you know, do something else uh, in, in this plan. And the actual accreditation is achieved when that plan gets implemented and we would then be submitting a final report that describes and documents the extent to which the impacts have been achieved that we said that we were going to have. Um, and that process, this usually takes like two to four years. Right. It's, intended to, it's in, it intended to be transformational. So it's not, you know, just like a, a quick deal. Um, and, and hopefully also, that it's creating new structures uh, so that there's long-term congregational engagement in uh, climate justice work. Um, and you know, there are a lot more details about it that are on their website. Um, as I mentioned, we've completed a lot of the activities that are essential to the plan that we're gonna submit. And that includes, for instance, the, an assessment of the building itself and, and also the, the congregational survey that you know about, the, the congregational survey. We've got the results. We're in the process of doing analysis and we'll have all the, that uh, ready for the, the climate annual climate meeting that will come up in November. Wow. Yeah. This is a lot yeah, of so, work. <laughs> and, 
and there's more. Oh, Sarah, you did not know you were going to get all this. Right. No, I, I mean, anytime I peel back a layer at UCC, you know, I, I knew climate justice was doing a lot, right? I can tell that there's a lot of energy there. There's people updating the website, which is a good sign that it's a healthy group, right? That you have these volunteers that are even taking care of administrative tasks, but I feel like every time I learn more about a group here, I'm just like, oh, my. <laughs> There's always more that people are doing that I don't know about, which is there, lovely. There is, there is always more. And and um, I th- I, I, as I said earlier, before we started recording, I you know, appreciate so much the work that you're doing because it's hard for people who are at part of UUCC to know everything that's going on. And, and the communication is so essential. You've done a fabulous job with that. So thank you so much for that. Um, but but uh, getting back to the Green Sanctuary process, one of the things that the, the specifically asked for in uh, with the um, uh, documentation that we need to, to turn in is to what extent is the climate change crisis mentioned or addressed in your congregation's vision, mission, or goals? Ah. So, so that means that, that we, we need to do something that shows that. And what we have proposed is that there be a specific um, environmental justice end which is incorporated in the governing documents that we have for UUCC uh, without a timeline, you know, not a particular timeline, but that it would be part, it, it could then be part of the, of the green sanctuary plan that, that we turn in. And um, what we have proposed would say something like uh, UUCC exists to protect the interconnected web of life by working to halt, destructive climate change, and promote environmental justice. I don't know. It seems like something that everybody would want to get behind. I'm hoping. (laughs) I I mean, I can't fathom, you know. Yeah. Well, um, the board um, suggested that since we don't have an immediate deadline, that that we go through a process using the open questions process to, to really get people so that they are engaged and understand and and are part of the process so so what we then um suggested and and it'll be up to the board how what they end up with but we suggested an open question that is how shall we become a congregation inspired to work within our community for environmental justice so hopefully next steps are that you know that that would um that would get circulated as an open question as we go through that process. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So, so I, 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 I'll stop talking now, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, I'll start talking, but it's going to be to only ask you our last question here. All right. Okay. Um, why do you love this work? Why do you personally or spiritually feel called to this work? Like, how many minutes do you want me to take? <laughs> So, so my my love of the outdoors uh, it, it goes back as far as I can remember. I've always been loved being outside, and I've always loved the door, outdoors. When I was in, by the time I got into high school, um, you know, I was part of the first Earth Day. I my my first car was was an Opal, and it had the little ecology sign on it. And Silent Spring was like, you yeah. know, really um, foundational in my thinking 
um, you know, I, I ended up career-wise not not going into something direct because my career was physical therapy, so it wasn't directly climate-related. But I've always felt very strongly about climate and tried to do personally what seemed like would be the most helpful. Um, but um, you know, with with retirement, I felt like that of all the things where I felt I could have the most impact and felt the most passionate about, I guess, it's definitely climate. Because basically, you know, when when people get done trashing the, the earth, the earth's still gonna exist. It's people yes. not gonna exist. So, you know, if we is it's sort of self-serving. If we can get it together and do what we need to do around um the earth which is connected to, to yeah. climate. Then we have a chance as a species, you know? <laughs> I know. It's always like framed in a way where it's like where you focus on how we treat Mother Earth, but I'm like, Mother Earth doesn't care. Oh no, not you at know? all. This is like affecting how we live. Like this is a this is showing us how much we care about ourselves, how we treat the earth. Yeah. And, you know, and spiritually, it's just it's a spiritual experience for me to 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 be in the woods. Uh, I, I do regular forest bathing, I call it. <laughs> do you have a favorite national park or park or place? Is that a, um, is that a brutal question to ask? I, th- I think it's best too hard because there are too many. And what I have, especially with COVID and everything else, what I've really, really come to appreciate is how fortunate and privileged we are to, to live in Columbia where we have so much green space and, you know, at this point, I think we have now, we have the, a bike path just very close to the house and woods all along up both sides of a river. I think now with COVID, we've probably explored every square inch along both sides of that river. <laughs> I <wouldn't laughs> doubt that. I, I believe that. I wouldn't, I don't think there needs to be an investigation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, thank you, Mary, for chatting with me. This was lovely. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. In the meantime, enjoy this perfect early fall weather. And if you'd like to support our podcast, we invite you to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.